It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 51 degrees outside. A great Saturday to you this afternoon. Pollen-free, sunshine, upper 60 degrees. It's going to be an awesome day to do gardening. And it would be terrible if you didn't know what you were doing. So give me a call, 404-872-0750. Bob's out in Dunwoody, and Bob joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, good morning, Walter. Hey, Bob. Uh, I've got a problem with some viburnum chindos. Uh-huh. And uh, I have five of them, and two of them look like they're dead. Uh, they lost their leaves, and um, um, they have uh, the, the leaves have little black spots on them. And I, I thought I figured out that it might be a, a fungus. How long have they been in the ground? How big are these? Bob? A couple of years. Whew. I see Chindo viburnum looking pretty nice around Atlanta, and rarely have I seen a, a spot on them. Is there some other stressing thing? Is it getting too dry, too wet, too something, too shady even that might well, contribute to uh, this? Well, they sit on a hill behind a small wall, uh, but. I've dug up the ground around them and transplanted them both. Yeah, and uh, put a lot of topsoil and. Uh, so when you dug it, it's, it's not real soggy or anything behind that wall. Sometimes no, you have no, it isn't that no. kind of thing. Wow! Not at all. Wow. Offhand, I don't know anything that attacks Chindo viburnum in the way you have uh, described. So that's why I'm thinking, is there some other stressor causing them to be weaker and get the least spot on it? If you want to send me some pictures, just out of my own curiosity, I guess, would be fine, Bob. Go to my website down at the bottom right corner. It says Contact Walter, and it opens up with an email program that you can just send some pictures and... Uh, let me know. Let me see a little bit more of it, because offhand over the air right now, I can't think of anything that would cause those leaf spots. Well, these are... The, the whole leaf is fine. It's just that there are a couple black spots on it, and it's lost all its uh, uh, all the leaves on both of them. And then yeah. there's still three left. But uh, and they've been We don't want the other, we don't we don't want those three to go the way the first two did, do we? I know. <laughs> yeah. Send me okay. some pictures. Let's figure it out. And uh, you know, pictures are worth thousands, if not millions, of words. Send me pictures, and then we'll figure out what it is. Hopefully, we'll figure out what it is, or I may say, man, I still don't know what's going on here. Carol comes to us from Marietta this morning. Hey, Carol. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Um, well, my neighbor across the street has some camellias that she no longer wants. They're in the wrong place in her yard. Yeah. And is it too late to get somebody to dig them up and bring them over to my house, or is it, um, is it a better time of the year? How big it? are they right now? They're pretty big. They're like four feet tall. They're oh, that's in not bloom. big. That's My neighbor has some that are 12 feet tall. Come on. Okay. You're, you're not even, <laughs> well, not even trying. <laughs> um, four feet tall, yes. Uh, 12 feet tall, no. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, who are you going to hire? Somebody that you can closely supervise and tell them how yeah. to save all the roots? As long as you can save uh, lots of roots, I think transplanting shouldn't be a big problem, but you will, will, will have to water in July and August. They will get dried out at a, in a heartbeat. Okay. So other than um, amending the soil, what do I look for as far as location in my yard? I, I had some before where it was morning sun, afternoon shade. Is that 
That good idea. sounds right to me. You maybe just look at your neighbor's yard and see what kind of sunshine she gets. Try to match that in your yard where you move them. Well, she she wants to move them because they don't bloom so well for her. They're just not doing so well where they are right now. Huh. I think they're getting too much shade. Okay, yeah, that would cause not lack of bloom. But yeah, morning sun up until one or two, maybe o'clock would be fine. Afternoon okay. shade, so it didn't get just baked out there would be nice. Okay. All right, and it, would it be the same for azaleas? Is it, they're a little smaller. My other neighbor wants to give away her azaleas. Good Lord, you got everybody's plants so there. You don't have to spend a dime, Carol. You're doing everything <laughs> for free here. Hey, what have you lost? If they're free to you, then dig them up and put them, and if they don't survive, they don't survive. Okay. Okay. Well, Same. so, today, so um, just water, make sure they get plenty of water through the summer. One of the things that I just bought one yesterday, day before yesterday now, and installed around a wolf-eye kusa dogwood that I put in my landscape is a, it's called Tree Gator Junior. You get them at Pikes and get them at some other garden centers around with the brown donuts that you fill full of water. It has little emitters on the bottom. And I put this around my dogwood because I spent a lot of money on it. I don't want to lose it in the summer. And you fill this bag, this donut brown-shaped bag, with water, and then it slowly drip, 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 drips over the next couple of days, I guess. And if you ever have something that you really, really don't want to lose and you plant it latish in the spring, boy, those tree gators are great things. <laughs> they okay. do a fine job. But okay. you probably don't want to do one for all your azaleas and all the camellias there, but right. you ought to have at least one for the next tree you transplant in July. It'll work okay. great. And is that something that's easily removed once they're oh, yeah. established? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just okay. has a little collar thing that you take off the tree. I like them okay. a lot. In fact, you see the, the grown-up version, the Tree Gator Senior rather than Tree Gator Junior, the grown-up version of those green cones that you sometimes see around newly planted trees that landscapers uh, put around them, fill it full of water, and then come back in the next week and fill it again. But that's how you keep the root ball moist is drip, 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 not spraying with a hose, not using an irrigation system, but you have those little concentrated pieces of water right there where the root system is. Right now it's 812 on a Saturday morning. Ashley is in Kenton, Georgia, and Ashley joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ashley. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Hi. How can I help? Yeah, hi. Um, I have um, about 15 hydrangeas in my yard, and they have been planted for about five or six years. And I have a two-part question. First, um, last year, they all got really big. They got green leaves all on them, but none of them bloomed. Ah. So I, I read up online that um, somebody had said, don't cut them back in the wintertime. Just leave them, let them be, and the next season they will be full of bloom. So I decided not to do that. And this spring, the the green started coming up on them really pretty. Yeah. And we got a freeze last week. <laughs> yeah. And it them. So that's... Uh, that's my question is like a should i have done that and not left i had left them alone and not clipped them and you know what's going to happen now that the leaves have that grew froze you did perfectly well you left them alone in the winter time because that advice was accurate to the t don't okay. prune mop head hydrangeas in the wintertime or you'll take away all the limbs that are giving you blooms the next summer. So we know better gardeners who've had hydrangeas for a while. Do your pruning in July, maybe 1st of August, but don't do it in the wintertime where you don't have any blooms. So you did it okay. right. You got the right advice there. And the winter cold that we had this year did, unfortunately, the damage to the hydrangeas. And some of them are not going to bloom very well. 
But I've told numerous people in the last week or so that have the hydrangeas that got a little freeze damage to them like yours, and I said, look, you can always wait. You don't have to go in and prune them or do anything to them right now. And I think another week, maybe two, just to see what kind of growth you get on them is well worth the time to just wait and see. Don't prune them do anything right now until we know that it's not going to come back and not going to have any sprouts out on the tip. Okay, so the old foliage that, that got burnt last week, you don't, we, I just don't touch that right now? <laughs> uh, you're talking to a guy who yesterday was out taking that old foliage off his hydrangeas, wondering if it was going to do any damage to the flower bud, the stem that makes the flowers underneath. To be safe, I want to say don't touch them. But then okay. do as I say and not as I do, actually, because yeah. I did myself. So leave them alone for at least a week or so. See if any sprouts come up beyond that uh, damaged leaf. Okay. Thank you. All right, Ashley. It's great talking to you. Call again. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. 15 minutes past the hour. we got Jerry in here, and Jerry's got time to talk about his his uh, horses and what they did. Jerry, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So how big was this chestnut tree? The horse ate all the bark off the chestnut They're tree. about 30 inches in diameter. Oh, my Lord. And, uh, you know, very few chestnut trees left in Georgia. Yeah, sure. And I hate to lose one, but uh, they ate the bark off probably five feet up and just about all the way around it. And I was just wondering if there's anything I can do to save the tree. In a word, no. <laughs> That's yeah. just it. Those, those horses have cost you a chestnut tree. Oh, man. So I would imagine that it won't Nobody have any leaves. Them, no, no. If it doesn't have any, you know, the tubes right underneath the bark, the, the xylem and the phloem that carry sugars and water and things back and forth between the roots and the leaves on a tree. Mm. And if you interrupt that xylem and phloem flow of water and moisture, then it just can't carry anything and the tree dies. That's just the nature of of the situation. So the horses that ate all the bark, if it went all the way around the trunk of the tree, I don't think you'll have any chance of it coming well, back. Well, they went three-quarters of the way around it. Trees sometimes are pretty adaptable. I still sort of doubt you're going to get anything, but like I told the lady earlier, there's no reason you can't wait and just see what happens. The tree is not going to fall down tomorrow. It's not going to rot and you know fall on the horses or anything like that. So you've got six months to a year of just seeing what happens. Right. Okay, well, thank you very much. All right, great talking to you. Sorry for the chestnut loss. That's right. pretty tragic there. Same thing happens sometimes in the fall when deer come and rub on apple trees and uh, just damage the fool out of various trees and landscapes up in North Georgia where the deer come along and, and rub on them and, dan and endanger them and, and sometimes kill them. Not to say that our legislators have not made a very great decision to make the deer our state State wild animal? What did the legislature decide? I'm not sure what it is, but if they've ever, ever had an apple, apple tree that's been rubbed on and killed or things eaten off of it by deer, I'm not sure they've been so enthusiastic about making that our official state wild animal or whatever the while it was. It's 817 at News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden.
This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much I did not expect this is what today would look like by waking up this morning. It was raining on me. It was dreary, overcast. Sun is coming out now. Highs in the upper 60s. It's going to be an awesome afternoon. Dipping into the low 40s tonight, but your full weekend forecast to give you all the details comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sandy is with us and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sandy, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How can I help? I um, I have, I lost my mother in October. I'm sorry to hear and I, you. Know, I have her ashes. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to put them in, I, I'm, in a in the ground yeah. because uh, eventually I'm going to move. Oh, and okay. so I was thinking of putting him in a container oh. and then planting something. But I just wanted to know um, it, it, kind of what size container I need, what kind of plant I need to plant them, what kind of ratio I need to. Do I mix it or do I put mm. it near the uh, the ashes near the bottom? Right. So. I just didn't know where to begin with this. I don't mean to minimize your loss, but you realize this is the first time I've ever been asked a question like this. <laughs> um, so I'm oh. sort of pulling things out of my pants legs here to give you a recommendation <laughs> of the ratio. I, okay, here's where I would start. How many? How much, if you can give me a volume, is it a cup or a quart or a, what have you got? How much volume uh, of ashes do you have? Gosh, I would say it's probably a quart. Okay. I don't think you can put a quart in any kind of small container, and I don't think you can move any large containers either. So, frankly, what I would do is I think a quarter of a cup of the ashes, maybe okay. a half a cup of the ashes, can be okay. put into regular potting soil, and you can plant whatever memory plant you want to put in there. And I would say for a good, good, nice plant to grow in, I would go with at least a 16-inch wide pot. So go to Pike, look for their pots. They got lots of glazed pots and other kind of pots, but get one at least 16 inches, preferably maybe 18 inches. A half a cup is all I'm really going to let you put in there because ashes, because they're mostly calcium carbonate, are alkaline, mm-hmm. and we don't want to have okay. too much alkalinity in the uh, in the soil. Okay. So you're going to have half a cup less, but the rest of the ashes go with you to your next move, I guess, and. Since it's only a little bit, you could consider doing some around a plant you have in your permanent landscape now, leaving them there, and then taking more with you as you go along. I think there's nothing wrong with that, and it gives you a way to remember your mom. Okay, wonderful. Wow. Do you have any plant suggestions? Shoo-do-do-do-do. What time of year did she pass away? October. October. So if we could find something that was blooming in October, oh, man. I can't think of anything that's blooming in October. Maybe one of the variegated, there's a, um, the variegated Osmanthus has done so well for me in a container for now six years, and it has little tiny flowers on it, not that you'd see much of it, but Osmanthus is Goshiki is the name, Goshiki Osmanthus. It stays about the same size. It can fit into an 18 to 20 inch pot, and it won't be too much bothered by the alkalinity of the ashes. So think about that. Variegated Osmanthus Goshiki is the name for it. 
Thanks wow. for calling. It's been great well, talking to you, Sandy. Remember that. Um, Is it Yoshiki go. with a Y? Go. G-O-S-H-I-K-I, if I'm not mistaken. Go Shiki. That's the first word or the second word? That's the first word. Go Shiki Osmanthus. If you, could, if you could just remember the one word, Goshiki, if you go to a Pike Nursery and say, I want a Goshiki, they'll say, yes, ma'am, right over here, because that's the only plant in the nursery named that name. Sandy, it's great talking to you. Hope this works out well for you. It's 828 at News Talk, WSB. Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape and bring a little happiness into your work as you go through doing it. I'm happy because the things that I planted yesterday and didn't get around to watering in, Mother Nature took care of that for me. It's very nice. The rain came last night. Beautiful, awesome afternoon. Highs in the high 60s this afternoon. A great day for gardening. And get this, no pollen. All the pollen has been washed out of the trees. It was going to drop today if it were dry. Dave Baker had a question about pine pollen, wondering you know, sort of why they pollinate right now. It's because pines are sort of a primitive plant, and the only thing they didn't have pollen, they didn't develop their flowering and sexual structures when there are many pollinating insects around. So the only strategy that a pine tree has to pollinate, to get from the male cones to the female cones, is just to cast it out to the air and let all that yellow pollen float around the neighborhood and get on your car and get in your on your front porch and track it inside like happens at my house. But next couple of days, they'll get charged up again. The pine pollen will flow. They'll have more of that yellow goo to deal with over the next probably seven to eight days. At 837, we got our friend Mickey Gazaway joining us from Pike Nursery. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? How's that pine pollen doing there at the oh, nursery? My well, my car was washed off this morning. Stan said my car needed to be washed, but he was going to wait until after the pollen was washed. Yeah, well, it's going to be another several days before that happens. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I've got it. I was tracking it in my front door and thought, oh, I need to put my put a towel. So what I do beside inside the front doors have a towel that I wipe the yellow stuff off my feet when I go in and out. That's a good idea. All right, so your real true mission in life every Saturday morning is to tell us how to save money at Pike Nursery. So what can we save money on today? And this week it's calliope geraniums. Pretty plant. Very nice plant. (laughs) They've just been, we've been so successful. I love geraniums anyway. I like all of them. But these just have done really, really well. They're supposed to be uh, more heat tolerant, more uh, and they're a cross between an ivy geranium and a zonal geranium. Right. And so they spread out a little bit more, but they've got the zonal geranium flowers. And they so flower really for a, they flower a long time, too. Oh, yeah, man. I had them flowering until I put out my pansies last year. Sure. 
And uh, speaking of another plant that's flowered a long time, I've been surprised and pleased to have is one of those. Is it Sinetti or Sereti? So something oh, plants. You know, I've never tried one of those. I look at them and I think, and I see them in yeah. other people's houses, and I think how pretty they are. And I've never done. Them. Next year I'll try. Them. I bought one from Toco Pike uh, four four weeks ago now, I guess, and it has bloomed. It's had flowers on it every day since. And four weeks of nice, pretty flowers on a good sized plant. And they are so bright. Yeah, and it's still blooming right now. It's got lots and lots. Of flowers still left on it, so I'm impressed with that plant. Good, but good. We got the calliope geraniums. Calliopes are just great, so I hope everybody, you know, will come. Um, you may have to, some, they're mi- some of them are mixed in with others, so you may have to ask a Pikes employee yeah. how to, um, um, you know, which ones are uh, calliopes. They're marked, but sometimes they're in the displays with the others. So yeah. we've got some that are in hanging baskets, there's some in big pike pots, and so you can look for those. and but they're beautiful. I'm going to buy yeah. mine today. We had the lady from Milorganite on the radio earlier this morning, and she okay. mentioned that mixing a little bit of Milorganite into the potting soil means you don't have to fertilize or don't have to remember when to fertilize because it's a slow-release, non-burning fertilizer. It'll, I'm and sure, either. We've got um, the E.B. Stone. That's uh, sure start. Yeah, a sure lot start. Of people use same that stuff. in there. That's uh, you mix that in with it, and that helps a lot. Yeah. So I, you know, would encourage. And then. Geraniums are real heavy feeders. They really, that's how I can tell when they need to be fed because they quit blooming. Yep. And then I'll feed them, and you know, I'll give them some, maybe some Miracle Grow after that, but I start them with the Sure Start, then I hit them with some Miracle Grow. And um, if, also, and I wanted to mention this, um, these calliopes can be planted in the ground as well as in a pot. Sure. Now, I plant them yeah. in pots, but they've, over and over again, we had them in uh, our pike. Uh, landscapes. We had them in the uh, ground last year. They clean themselves a little better than the other geraniums do. That means that for for listeners who are wondering, where do you mean clean themselves? They got to take a washcloth (laughs) and clean themselves. (laughs) Their flowers drop off cleanly and so you don't have to do much deadheading is what Mickey was saying there. But I still go by them and deadhead them. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that. That's what I do. But uh, they do much, much better. And they... um, uh, so you can plant them in the ground if you want to do that. Yeah. People have always wanted to plant geraniums in the ground, but they were just too much trouble to plant in the ground before, so these do much better. And if you plant them in the ground, you use planting mix, plant them in a pot, you use pike spotting soil. You got it. That's the way to do it. Any classes coming up? Uh, yeah, we've got a great class this morning on t- uh, growing tomatoes. We're going to tell you everything you ever need to know about tomatoes. Yeah. We're going to have it today, and then we're going to have it again Wednesday. So this morning, 9 o'clock, if anybody's out there headed for the Pike Nursery, you got 20 minutes to get into Pike and get the tomato class. That's right. I'm excited. What time did you say on Wednesday? I'm not sure. I think it's at 1. I should have looked, and I didn't. I think it's at 1. Larry, (laughs) is it at 1 on Wednesday? He didn't know either. He didn't know either. <laughs> we'll look it up. Call, call him. We'll let, we'll let you know. All right. If you need the phone number for Pike Locations or anything else about Pike Nursery, where would we go to go to find PikeNursery.com. That? That's exactly right. Mickey, great talking to you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Calliope Geraniums on sale today. 20% off at all Pike Nurseries. Be sure and tell the cashier that that is Mickey and Walter's Pike Pick of the Weekend. Gary is on the line from Winder, Georgia. Hey, Gary. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Uh, got a curiosity question for you. I planted uh, last year. We planted uh, a couple of the uh, azaleas yeah. uh, under a tree. It's kind of on the property line. I live in a subdivision up close to the road, 
just looking for something, you know, with a little color. And one of them is doing pretty good, but the other one has uh, unfortunately passed on. Yeah. Uh, it only gets, the one that died, it, it only gets early morning sun to probably late morning sun. Okay. And that's about it. The sun kind of goes to the other back side of the tree and the other side of the tree. And So what's, what's your question about them then? Say again? I said, what's your question then about them? Well, I was wondering if maybe it was a poor choice to plant the azaleas there, or maybe I just got a bad one. They were Encore azaleas. So, oh, you know. there, there's the problem. Encore azaleas, I think, need close to full sun. In the shade, yeah, they're not so good. Okay. So that's if these are both encores, the one that died, nothing to do with that. Although you could take it back if you bought it at Pike. You know they've got a lifetime guarantee on shrubs, so you could have it replaced if you bought it at Pike and have your receipt. But uh, okay. the one that's back up underneath the tree in the shade, that encore I think would do a lot better if you moved it out to the drip line or someplace else in the landscape. Okay, any suggestions on something else that I could plant in there to give us some color? Yeah, man, I'm loving There's a particular plant that I love that I don't see often enough at nurseries, and that's a variegated Solomon seal. Mine is coming up out of the ground right now. The little stalk's about eh, six inches tall, I guess. I love that plant. It grows great underneath shade, underneath just about any place I put it. It slowly spreads a little bit, but variegated Solomon seal is going to be my plant for shady places for this morning anyway. You say ball of steel? Uh, Solomon's seal. I didn't pronounce it very oh. well, did I? Solomon. Solomon, like in the Bible. So variegated Solomon's seal. Go to a pike nursery and see if they don't have a little bit of it and get it, and you will be very pleased with that plant, Gary. It really does look nice. i got to go, though, Gary. It's 844. I guess Ken has turned. Ken is down in Loganville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. There he is. Hey, Ken. Good morning. No, this is Lillian. Excuse me, I misread the words here. Lillian, good morning. How are you doing? Lillian, this is uh, <clears throat> in Conyers. Yes, ma'am. How I can I help, Lillian? I bought a, uh, from the Master Gardeners about five years ago, a Coosa Dogwood. Yes. It's been in the ground, and it's good seven feet tall, no blooms. Yeah. Typical, typical. <laughs> I've got typical. one at the edge of my yard. It was probably seven or eight years before it bloomed. Coosa, the straight Coosa dogwood, just seems to be very reluctant to do any kind of blooming until it gets happy, and then all of a sudden it's covered in blooms. But it okay. took several years uh, to happen. This is sort of in the shade in the evening. Yep. It gets about midday sun. Yeah, you're going to have the same experience as I did. It just doesn't bloom until it somehow gets enough leaves to absorb enough sunshine to make okay. the flower buds, and then it'll do okay. But have to be patient a little bit longer. A little bit patient, a little bit longer. My neighbor has one across the street from me that was in full sun. It blooms spectacularly every late April, early May, I guess. Beautiful mm -hmm. plant. It was blooming uh, within a year after planting it, but it has full sun, and it was a good-sized tree. I mean, it was whew, 10 feet tall, I guess, when they planted it. So it was a good-sized tree already. Yeah. Well, when I planted this one, it wasn't but about 18, 20 inches tall. Wow. Yeah. Well, a little bit of patience. That's all you need. A big box of patience and put a ta tablespoon per week, and that'll Thank happen. You. That'll do just <laughs> fine. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Bye.
See you, Lillian. You may wonder when I say Kusa, you know, Lillian and I were talking about Kusa dogwoods versus uh, other dogwoods that you are very familiar with because they're blooming right now. The white Florida dogwoods are blooming right now, and that's the dogwood that we associate with spring in Atlanta. Kusa dogwood is a an Asian dogwood, sometimes called Korean dogwood or Chinese dogwood. But the great thing about it is it blooms later than the Florida dogwood. So if you have both kinds in your landscape, you've got the white flowers of Florida dogwood now in early April, and you'll have the Kusa dogwood that'll be blooming sometime in probably late April, I guess, once the leaves that come on the tree. The Kusa dogwoods also have this neat little pink fruit, sort of like a Sputnik, I guess you'd call it. Lots and lots of them, little pink fruits all over, and that makes them distinctive too. But a lot of people not having seen it before will see one planted in a commercial spot and will send me a picture and say, what is this tree that has these little pinky orange fruits on it in front of the restaurant here? And that's usually when they send it. That's a Kusa dogwood fruiting body there. But the great thing, as I say, that I love about Kusa dogwoods is that they bloom when the leaves are on the tree. They give you a lot of extension of the bloom time, and I like them a lot. I have a one that I got the other day that's a variegated Kusa dogwood called Wolf Eye, and I'm hopeful that it'll last and be in my landscape for a long time because the variegated leaves on it are fabulous. Just a great looking tree. Wolf Eye Kusa Dogwood, or you can get several other varieties that are not variegated at your local Pike Nursery. I like Kusa Dogwoods a lot. It's 847, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AF 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a great-looking afternoon. Upper 60s, the highs this afternoon, no rain, just clear Few, few clouds up there, maybe. It's going to be a pretty nice afternoon. The lows tonight go into the low 40s, and Atlanta's full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley and I just realized that we've been having so much fun that we didn't do the weekend prize pack. So, Ashley's thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to figure out who wins a pair of tickets to see the Atlanta Ballet's Modern Choreographic Voices, April 17 through 19 at the Cobb Energy Center, plus a pair of tickets to see David Gray and Amos Lee in concert June the 24th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents. What caller wins, Ashley? Two. Caller number two. Make it quick. 404-741-0750. Our contest line, 404-741-0750. Ken's on the line with us with a question about his crabgrass lawn. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Hey, Walter. So you have crabgrass as a lawn? Are you kidding me? Well, I think all the crabgrass in the area I'm at, like natural grass, it's just the crabgrass, right? Uh, well, there's other weed grasses, goose grass and Dallas grass, some other grasses that could be in there too. Yeah, well, I know it's that, that it kind of spiders out and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I'm right. Without seeing a picture, I can't tell you exactly if you have crabgrass or could possibly be centipede. I'm, I'm or pretty sure it's the crabgrass. All right, so what's the question? Go ahead. Well, I'm trying to get the dandelions out of my yard, but every time <laughs> I go up to a store or something like um, a Home Depot or yeah. even a Pike, yeah, I'll just I'll see things that you know it's crabgrass killer plus dandelion plus yeah. you know two hundred other things. How how many dandelions are we talking about? A hundred or twenty two? Well, I've been going out there last year. It 
was really tough. I tried just pulling them all up yeah. and come back and stuff. And this year, I've been doing the same uh, thing, just pulling them up. And, um, Let me give you a way, Ken, that might be helpful for directing the herbicide spray. I, If there are a lot of dandelions out there, honestly, I think I'd use Roundup or one of the Roundup uh, Ken that has glyphosate in it. But I told a guy this morning that I have a one-liter plastic soft drink bottle that I took off the cap, of course, and taped it to the end of my garden sprayer. So the bottom is cut off of it. So I can just take that one liter bottle, put it over directly over my dandelion, right to the ground and do it just like that. Give it a little squirt of Roundup and that kills the dandelion, but it's just a little circle of dead grass right where the dandelion was rather than sort of spraying everything and killing everything around it, the centipede around it, or the uh, uh, crabgrass, I mean, around it. But I'm not sure you're going to get a great-looking lawn just by cultivating crabgrass because you know this. Crabgrass goes dormant in the wintertime. It's brown. It doesn't have anything living on it during the wintertime. It sets seeds. The seeds sprout in spring, and that's why people try to prevent it because they can. Uh, they don't like the crabgrass in there, Bermuda or Centipede or St. Augustine, things like that. So honestly, I'm not sold on making crabgrass a lawn, but I will admit I have seen a picture of somebody's lawn that was all crabgrass, 100% crabgrass. It didn't look that bad. <laughs> it was July and August. It didn't look that bad. I'm sure it looked horrible in December and January, but you know, for temporary lawn, maybe that's the way to go. But I think really and truly you won't be satisfied after all. If you didn't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Walter Reeves. You can be on my Facebook fan page, Georgia Gardener fan page on Facebook. You can subscribe to my bi-weekly gardening newsletter there on my website. Just click on the button that says subscribe to newsletter. Get all your information there. Twitter, Facebook, twice a week. I generally post things there as well. It's been a great Saturday morning. And why is it great? Because I get to talk to Ashley Frasca and Scott Maxim about all the things happening in their lives. And both of them do such a great professional job keeping this show on the air. Hope you have a great Saturday morning. Again, the rest of the weekend, Easter weekend, Passover is coming up. Passover's already here, as a matter of fact, and enjoy that as well. Otherwise, we'll see you next Saturday morning at Hokelbridge Pike. See you there. <laughs>